This is the Mark Podcast from Lifeway Women. We're your hosts, Elizabeth Heineman and Kelly King. Each episode, we'll talk about what God is doing, how He has and is marking each of us. Sometimes that will be through interviews, and sometimes we'll have conversations around the table. We're so glad you've joined us today. Did you know that if you have a teen girl in your life, you have been called to girls' ministry? And it's not a one-size-fits-all kind of ministry, but a God-given invitation to use your unique position, story, and purpose to reach teen girls exactly where they are. This is Girls Ministry is a new resource from Lifeway Girls that invites you to identify what your relational strategy looks like as you overcome fears and break down barriers that show up when you do. Through real stories, interactive texts, and practical training tools, we'll discover that girls' ministry is for all of us, whether you're a student pastor, ministry leader, mom, dad, and anyone else willing to disciple and transform the hearts of the girls right in front of us. Shop This Is Girls Ministry at lifeway.com slash thisisgirlsministry. Again, that's lifeway.com slash thisisgirlsministry, or just find the link in our show notes. Welcome to the Mark Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Elizabeth Heinemann, and I'm here with my co-host, Kelly King. Hey, Kelly. Hey, Elizabeth. We've got someone in the studio with us today. And so whether you're listening just probably by audio, but she's actually in the room with us. So Amy Jo Gerardier (laughs) is with us. Say it again for us. Like, say your last name. Okay. Like how we say it. Gerard is the first part, and then it's yay at the end. So Gerardier. (laughs) It's a a hard G. Gerardier. Gerardier. Well... No, yeah, because gut is is, is hard, hard, right? Yeah. So it's ja. ja would be the ja. soft. Yeah, I think. Okay, like how you say jizz. I've, I've pro- <laughs> oh my Girardier. goodness! That's like very. We're already gonna go. We'll down answer that to anything yeah. really. So I've been yeah. called giardia, which is a water disease. All the things, oh, you know. Oh, oh but that's, that's nice. not it. That's, that's not, not it. That's not it. But it's Amy right. Joe. That's the, Amy that's Joe. the part we need to remember. That's good. Yeah. So Amy Joe, tell us a little bit about you, your family, what you do in your ministry, all those things. Yeah. Uh, so I am the women's minister at Brentwood Baptist Church, just down the street um, from here, actually, yeah. and uh, have served on staff for um, over 20 years there. So I served as the girls minister for about 19 and just have transitioned over into women's ministry. And I get to serve there with my husband, Daryl, and we have, he's the communications director there. And then we have two boys. So I used to say littles, but they're growing up. So I just, I know. One of them, Skylar, is our youngest. He just completed kindergarten and then went hard into summer by breaking his arm. So, or we think it's a break anyway. So he's in a cast right now. He calls it his arm cannon. I love it. (laughs) An arm cannon. There you you go. go. It's like. Boom, you know? Yeah. So there you go. And then <laughs> Scout sense. just graduated from or promoted from fifth grade. So he'll be in the student ministry what? next year. Wow. I know. That's, oh, that's know. really strange. I know. I know. Are you ready for that? It's different being in student ministry and then ha- being the parent. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All the things. <laughs> that's all, all I'll things. say. Yeah. There's lots of, we're excited. And uh, so I'm going to take him on his first mission journey in the next couple of weeks, we're going to Canada because oh, he wanted to see some places that I had served yeah. before. So yeah, it's yeah. exciting. That is. That's, that's fun. fun. Yeah. 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 So 
you have a long history with, and some might even call you a pioneer in girls mm. ministry. So can you share a little bit about your passion for reaching that, those young women yeah. and for discipling them? Yeah, I, it, it really um, started because probably like a lot of our stories, uh, it was modeled for me. Mm. So my mom was really not threatened by other women pouring into me. She welcomed that and uh, was is a very, she's actually staying um, at our house right now this month. So it's been really fun to be yeah. with her, but she's very meek and um, mild and, but a strong discipler. So I saw my mom was the one who introduced me to Christ mm. and uh, but she also brought in some strong women to come alongside of me, and those women are still still around. So um, she kind of would say, um, hey, I'm going to pass you off to <laughs> Benita, was the woman that poured into me when I was younger. And Benita was our student minister and was the—there was a— Organization in SBC called Acteen. So yes. she was the state GA and Acteen's leader. Love it. And uh, we started a church plant, um, and our family was a part of that. And mm-hmm. so Benita um, would take me on the on Sundays and go, let's go visit the new families. And so mm-hmm. she modeled that for me, took me around the state, saw things in me, and poured into me. So I think obviously that was modeled for me. So when I grew up, that was just something that I wanted to do yeah. um, mm-hmm. and pour into other girls. So, mm-hmm. yeah. We hear that over and over mm-hmm. again sure. about um, as a kind of testimony for people's moms that mm-hmm. they're they're just like, my mom was okay introducing me to these other women and these other women would step in. And so I think that's something just as a challenge for our listeners, mm-hmm. if you are a mom, mm-hmm. find those other women to step in and, and be like, you know, not second moms, but just kind of like those other yeah. Those outside disciplers that are so important for young women. But then also, like, if you don't have kids or even if you do, look for opportunities yeah. to be that other woman in a lot of kids' lives. Because I think that's something that we hear over and over mm-hmm. and over again about how that those relationships have been used to mark someone in their mm-hmm. walk. Um, and so that's a beautiful testimony. Yeah. And I, I love that. Well, we, we even talked yeah. about earlier this morning we were doing a podcast and it was with Anthony Evans. I think it comes out after this particular podcast. I can't remember exactly the order, but he was talking. How did he phrase it as far as like bringing someone, discipling to bring someone along? Yes, there was that a, was Melissa. Was it Melissa? Okay. We have done three, we've done three podcasts today. So <laughs> leadership yeah. is bringing someone along with you. Mm. Yeah, but he said something too about okay. that. Well, y'all <laughs> but are getting to hear it. Yeah. A preview of, of upcoming the, shows. Yeah. It's really good. Everybody talks it's about awesome. though that like coming alongside yes. and yeah. and um, yes, it was him talking about the the far the camp people, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's an important relationship for people, and yeah. so yeah, my. Um, son scout was just baptized i got to baptize him on mother's day which was really special and the people that he wanted there at Mm -hmm. the baptistry was our our pastor who came over Mm -hmm. it was so sweet my mom was there Mm -hmm. and um daryl's parents have both passed away so they weren't able to be there but nana bow so benita Uh is called nana bow so she's she's our adopted grandma and so to have her alongside was super special so she's known me since i was eight Mm -hmm. and just walked with me and my mom and so when i had kids she said what are they going to call me because on the mission field she was called aunt but like missionaries are often aunts and uncles and it just kind of came out i was like well i think you should be nana bow and she's like (laughs) she took it and (laughs) 
has held on to that and has been a great Nanabo. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's beautiful. Kind of reminds me of just even Timothy when you think mm. of Lois and mm-hmm. and, you, and just how they poured into Timothy and really that that is kind of that next generation which yeah. we want to talk about because. We know you, you've transitioned into doing women's ministry, but there is always this conversation in women's ministry of how do we connect a younger generation or why is it important to connect that right. next generation? And that's been, I think that's one of the benefits for you of having that kind of experience. So mm-hmm. talk a little bit about why that's such a big part of our conversation. Yeah, I'll share. I'll, I'll go back uh, a couple of years. I was driving here and I was thinking, how many years has it been that um, that generations have been really important? Um, for me personally, there was kind of this moment. It was in 2015. And uh, this is the story that I, I knew there were generations. But mm-hmm. in student ministry, I really didn't know when a generation ended. We right. weren't talking about that. And so here I'd served for um, these years and um, and so I, we did an event called Snowball, and Snowball is our, our girls' retreat. And so when um, we were getting ready for it, I, I set it up the same way, but it always looks different. But mm-hmm. girls are involved with leadership. And this particular year, I remember I wrote up on the board all of the plans and um, put the girls at tables and said, all right, this is what we're going to do. And then I went to go get hot chocolate and cookies and mm-hmm. left the room. And when I came back, they were not where I put them. <laughs> and there was a girl that was erasing what I had written on the board. And I, my tell is when I'm frustrated, my voice goes up. So now uh-huh. I can even tell if I'm frustrated because I'll be like, girls, <laughs> what are we doing? You know. And this girl turns around and she goes, well, no offense, but we're going a different direction. Oh, and wow. I remember thinking like wow. all the things that I wanted to do in that moment, but, you know, would have been fired uh, immediately. <laughs> right. And so I continued with the meeting, but we were all so exhausted. Mm-hmm. And I got into the car. And I tried to just figure out, what do I do? And my immediate thought was, I'm too old for this. Like, I Mm -hmm. listened to what Satan was telling Mm -hmm. me, you know, just Mm -hmm. like, you're too old, get out of it. And I remember yelling in the car by myself on the way home. And then this still quiet question in my heart that was not me. So I I just knew it was the Holy Spirit going, what generation is this? And in the midst of my rage, I yelled, there! And I, it was millennials, that's what Mm -hmm. I thought. Yeah, they're millennials! And then there was just nothing. And I couldn't let that go. So I went home and I looked up. And for the first time for me in 2015, I saw Gen Z. Mm -hmm. And I remember just crying, going like, how did I not know who was in, you know, the church that I was serving? How did I know? I wasn't wasn't reaching the right generation. Mm -hmm. So I just started asking the Lord, help me. I started um, reading scriptures and trying to find what does God think about the generations. And so that was really where he gave me a heartbeat for the generations. And so I've kind of held um, to a couple of verses. I, I printed them out so that I could show them to you guys. But um, the first one is Psalm seventy-one, eighteen, And so I keep this picture with all the different generations around yeah. it because I don't want to forget who is currently right. yeah. on earth right now. And it says, even when I'm old and gray, do not forsake me, my God, till I declare your power to the next generation, your mighty acts to all who are to come. Mm-hmm. I think that is such a good 
reminder. Yeah. We all know we're supposed to reach people, right? Right. But God cares about the generations, and He cares about generations reaching other generations. Mm-hmm. And so that was one that was super important to me. And then the other one is Psalm one forty five four, and it says, "One generation will declare your works to the next, and will proclaim your mighty acts." And so just remembering, okay, God, I may not, I get, may get frustrated with a generation. Mm-hmm. Um, I know our generations get frustrated with each other and we say things about each other, but God made people and God loves people mm-hmm. and he made the generations. So God loves the generations. Mm-hmm. And so as I'm talking about the generations and as I'm teaching about the generations, I want to make sure that we always remember front and center that God loves People, we know that, mm-hmm. right? But just being reminded of that, and how can I love this generation that you've made, each of them? So um, Gen Z in particular just stole my heart when I started yeah. thinking about mm-hmm. them, and I started learning new things about them and went back to a meeting with them, and it was night and day. And I started realizing, wow, this generation in particular um, can really change the world. Mm-hmm. You know, each generation can, but yeah. in particular, I just thought, they have hope mm. and they can really, if you just put the right tools in and know how to lead them. So um, that's where my passion for Gen Z and Gen Alpha have come. How would you describe Gen Z? Like, yeah. What are some characteristics? Um, in a nutshell. All right. So Gen Z. And like, tell us. Let me do this. Yeah. Let me yeah. do, this is my cheat sheet. <laughs> so I feel like, so I'll put this out here for us. And we can probably um, put something like this yeah, in the show yeah, notes show so notes that people too. can yeah. look at it. Yeah. So um, builders are our silent generation. Um, they're 78 and plus right now. Boomers are 77 to 59. And there's different, I, this is from McCrindle's research. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, they're out of Australia. And I feel like they have a better I really resonate with uh, Mark McCrindle's research. Gen X, um, 58 to 44 right now. Millennials, 43 to 28. Gen Z is going to be 14 to 27. And then our Gen Alpha are zero. They're still being born, zero to 13. So um, just to kind of help us understand that, Gen Alpha is going to be middle school, like eighth, seventh, and sixth this year. Mm -hmm. And then high school is still Gen Z, which is fascinating Mm -hmm. for me right now. And then um, Gen Z, 14 to 27, we're starting to see them come into the workplace and we're starting to see them come into women's ministry or in our Mm -hmm. churches are hoping that they'll come into the women's (laughs) ministry. And so they are there. So I'll, I'll say, um, we all have different vices in our generation, but I think this will help us understand a little bit. Um, Gen Z, most of them are parented by Gen X. Mm-hmm. And Gen X, and I can say this, it's my generation, we were jaded. Like, we didn't know why, but we were jaded. You know, we're latchkey kids. We were self-sufficient. <laughs> and so some of that has been passed on to um Gen, Gen Z. So Gen Xers have passed that on in a lot of ways. So you'll see the self-sufficiency in Gen Z and that has, um, and they are jaded. Uh, they have that jadedness uh, as well, but um, they have their number one vice is pride. Mm. So when you start seeing that, um, a lot of times when I started uh, talking to other leaders about how to lead and love Gen Z, they were feeling this clash and thinking they don't respect me. They don't, you know, need me. 
Um, and in reality, it's trying to help understand they've got this I can do it mentality. Mm-hmm. So if you're never letting them lead, that's when you're going to feel that that clash. Mm-hmm. But what we've seen is when you have students or adults now that are um, if they understand that Jesus is Lord and Savior of their life, that pride changes. Mm-hmm. That pride becomes humility. And and we know that um, that's that's amazing when you have a humble person who has this ability to say, I want to use me, however. And so that's what I think see with Gen Z is, and we've seen that with revivals recently. You see, I looked across the news articles when we were hearing about the revivals and the word that I saw, I was looking for it. I was like, I want to see humility. And I saw, I screenshotted all these articles that said, this is very humble, the way that Mm -hmm. they're handling it. And so I feel like that's a mark of the Lord moving in Gen Z. So you see humility. So Mm -hmm. I'm looking at both the the tough and the, the um, the good of Gen Z. Yeah. They're self-sufficient in, in a lot of ways. And so that's where you're going to hear that pushback. They want to be special. There's a lot there. But um, YouTube was kind of built with Gen Z. Right. So it, the way that they built a platform and then Gen Z kind of took it and built on it, that's how they look at at life in a lot of ways is um, give me the tools and kind of get out of my way, you know, like give me the yeah. guardrails, Tell I think me. I read something about they're kind of like a, a term that is used a lot for Gen Z is they're the hacker generation. Yeah. Would that be? Yeah. Kind I, of I could see that. Okay. Yeah. Mm. But just saying um, one of the, the things that personally I've seen that has been really freeing for, for uh, the relationships that I'm working in when it's Gen Z, my Gen Z friends, is saying, hey, this rises and falls with you. And, and then being okay to release it and not be going back going, I don't know, and tinkering with it, you know, but, um, but releasing it. Here's what you can't change. Mm-hmm. Here's what has to stay the, the same. But here's what you can change. And so customization, allowing that for mm-hmm. them. So that's where that's – I don't know if that helps kind of give a yeah. picture of Gen Z and that relationship. Um, I use a iPhone as an example. If, if we pulled out our phones and looked at it, the insides of an iPhone are all going to look the same. Mm-hmm. But mine is customized. Yours is customized. We handle things differently. That's kind of what Gen Z does with the things that they have. So, yeah. yeah. We were actually just talking about spreadsheets and how, <laughs> like, true. we had three of us set up a spreadsheet for the same thing, mm. and we all set it up differently. And I don't think it had to do with our generations as much as just, like, how we think. Right. But that's, like, another example of, like— And the fact that I hate spreadsheets, but <laughs> other than that. Just, like, how— we think differently about things, and so that's yeah. why um, it's great to have multiple generations mm-hmm. on a team. Yes, um, because and especially if you have a church that has a lot of Gen Zs in it, but mm. you don't have a Gen Z on your ministry team, right. that's like a real miss because they're not going to want to come to things that they didn't have a part of, like planning. Building. Yeah, um, and I think that's what are some tips that you have for like getting those cross generational teams mm. together or. Um, especially like in our larger churches that does have, they may have all of these age Mm -hmm. categories in them and they're very active and want to be part of women's ministry. What are some tips for like Mm -hmm. signing those people on? Mm -hmm. How can they work together? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And all those kinds of things. What is it that I know that listeners out there are saying, how do I get them? Yes. Yeah. 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 And that, so we are learning that. So within Mm -hmm. student ministry Mm -hmm. where I you know, found Gen Z. Right. Now they're moving into out of student ministry. And that's an, one of the number one questions is mm-hmm. how do we get these young people, you know? Yeah. And, 
And so uh, I remember a tough conversation with a group of women that their hearts were just in the right place, and they were meeting at 930 on a Monday morning. Mm. And there were some women that were, like, teary-eyed, like, going, we're, we're like, aging out. You know, yeah. this has got to be carried on, and how do we get women to come here? And I think I was tired that morning, but I just go, they're not going to. You know, (laughs) it just said very not good English. They're not going to. And they just looked at me like, what? I said, yeah, they're not going to come on Monday at 930 a.m. to do what you're doing. Like, it's going to look different, and we Mm -hmm. have to have it look different. So we're in the process of trying to figure out what that looks like, Um, trying to build out some teams of of people. And I I wrote out just— Areas that I was praying for, because I feel like, obviously, we're supposed to pray for this first. Right. And so I don't want to build anything that God doesn't, you know, want to have been built. <laughs> yes. So I put um, all the things that I need help with. I want a prayer. I want somebody, a team of people to pray for everything that we're doing and all the people that are doing it. I want um, people to help me with the events that we're supposed to do and, and you know, all those special types of events, how to care for the women that are coming in and how to connect the women and how to get them into groups. And so I put out this group and just started praying about it. And so the first team I really think is neat that came together was our prayer team. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a, a woman who is, uh, she is probably, she's a boomer, um, an older boomer. And her heart was just like, burdened to make sure that we have somebody from every generation that's on that team. And she did. She's got Gen Z on there, everybody. And it's really sweet to know that right now, that's our first step is just Mm -hmm. let's get all the generations praying together. So that is one of the things. Um, The other thing was uh, I tried doing an event called Fallelujah, and it was a big hit. We went outside. I thought, we'll do something like Gilmore Girls-esque and move it outside. (laughs) And we had a lot of people come. But I looked at it, and I realized, um, okay, who's not here? Like, what generations are here? Mm -hmm. And we had so many older generations there, but we only had a sprinkling of millennial and Gen Z. So this is the tip I was thinking of. Um, So this is still being processed, but I was talking with our Gen Z friends and millennial friends. And um, just recently, I went went to Sonic. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to celebrate. Uh, there was nothing open except for Sonic. And I was like, is there anything unique I can do at Sonic to celebrate <laughs> this thing that I had just finished? And so I thought, I wonder if there's like a secret menu. I feel like that's happening. Oh, yeah. And there is. And oh. um, But I was too chicken to ask for the thing that was on the menu. But there's something <laughs> called Pickle-O's. Have you heard of yes, this? Yes, fried pickles. Have you ordered them? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. So see, there's <laughs> but, like a secret menu. Yeah, I, I didn't know that you could still get them. Okay. It's, so it, it's on is the it secret. off the menu? I guess so. Okay, yeah, well, the there's menu. a secret menu. There's like yeah. Sonic Sunrise drink, which is orange That's juice. An, it's amazing. Okay, yes. so is you're that, aware like of this. The Chick-fil-A well, you Sunrise know, so drink? you know, Sonic is headquartered in Oklahoma. Let's oh, go, let's go okay. Back to Oklahoma. okay. So we I was know like, all man. Things. Yeah. Well, I didn't know, but I'm just yeah. all of a sudden it hit me um, with all the things. If you go on TikTok, Gen Z is all about That's hacking so the menu. Mm-hmm. That's so true. And so I started thinking, I wonder if there's a way within the women's ministry that we can create a secret menu. So that's kind of where we're going. It, mm. it does feel like more of creating these one events that everybody comes to is really not going to serve well 
all of our generations. So I think it's just praying and being open and, and innovating and, and trying some different things, mm-hmm. but definitely bringing in our Gen Z friends and saying, okay, here's what I'm thinking. That's what I did. Here's what I'm thinking. What do you think? And they were all like, we love it. I go, well, yeah. let's do it together. Yeah. So that's and involving them, yes. letting them be part of that decision making process. I think that's huge. I, I still remember this has been years ago, but I was new in a ministry position, and I remember this being still the conversation yeah. back in 2005. It was like, how do we get the younger generation? And at that time, it was kind of millennials, you know, how, yeah. how are we getting millennials? And I just, I, I went back and I found a historical book of minutes of these women's meetings. <laughs> I don't know why I did this, but I, I I was just looking through them. Maybe I had a reason to do this. But there was there was an outline of all the minutes and the, the question that kept and one of the quotes was, How do we reach the next generation mm-hmm. of women? And that was my answer. I was like, This is not a new question. Yeah. This is a hundred years old and we are still asking the same questions. And it's a good question. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's the question we should ask. Right. Because if we don't ask that question, how do we reach the next generation? Then that's and that's being pretty selfish, right? right. And we're told to. Yeah. Obviously yeah. the Lord yeah. has said go and reach the next generation. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. All right. Good. Gen A, Gen Alpha. Yeah. That's new. Yeah, I'm living with them, right. and so I'm <laughs> observing them up close, and it's We don't maybe know a lot, right? Like, we're still forming, yeah, but there's, we some there's things. some things to know about them. I don't want to give away everything um, that I've yeah, because been Amy learning. Because Amy Jo is actually teaching this you know, out like, women's form. Yes, so, yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, no, a, a couple of things I think is just—I'm trying to think which one I want to say. Um, okay, this, is, this was fascinating to me. When Scout and Skylar— when they, you know, started, um, we wanted to teach them some things and give them some self-sufficiency. I don't know why we thought this would be a good idea, but we got, uh, like, it was a deal. We had uh, Amazon Echoes, the the dots. And so we put them in, we put one in the room. And mm-hmm. Skylar at the time was a brand new baby. And we heard at 5 a.m. in the morning, Scout goes, he whispered loud. He was like, Alexa, play Eye of the Tiger. <laughs> And it was not set at a low volume. And it was just like, dun, 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 you know, like through the home. And I That's thought, amazing. what have we done? And, <laughs> and Skylar, I know, he was he was five at the time. That's okay. awesome. I know. So Skylar, who's now six, still loves Eye of the Tiger. He asked for it. I'm like, it's your brother's fault, right? But what they started doing, I thought they would ask about the weather. Mm. But everything they started going to, you know, so we're at dinner and we have we have it there and we would be having a discussion and then, a you know, a dispute would happen. Like, is this type of dinosaur real? You know, and they would ask Alexa. And I was yeah. like, hey, now, like <laughs> we're here at the table. So that's what this generation is mm. doing. They are learning truth from the, you know, the robots in the room. Right. And so what we realized is we're not going to be able to compete with that. Even the church, if, if we're trying to give out facts, like mm-hmm. that's, yeah. that we're going to lose all, all the time. Like they're just going to go, well, I'm going to go ask Alexa or, you know, but they want to see actual transformation. Mm-hmm. They want to know that the truth makes a difference. And so one of the things we were guilty of is um, Scout didn't ever see us 
reading our Bible. I was reading at night, and Mm -hmm. I just realized, he goes, well, when do you read the Bible? And I was like, well, hey, I do read the Bible. And so I started realizing just the importance of making sure that I bring him along. You talked about that. It's that's not new, but right. with this generation, mm-hmm. they want to be inspired. Mm-hmm. And so um, those are some of the things that we've been able to do. And and I really do, I can look back and see how God began to put some seeds in in Scout's heart that led to him coming mm-hmm. to know Christ. We I did a half marathon and I didn't want to run. Um, and so I decided to um, pray for each, like a group of people at each mile. Oh. And so I made these like temporary tattoos that you can print off and stick mm-hmm. on for the race. And so Scout, who wasn't a believer at the time, got really interested in that. Well, who's who are you praying for for this mile and that mm-hmm. mile? And when I'd had every slot filled up, I had a friend that said, hey, can you pray for my father-in-law? They just um, slipped and fell into a coma. Mm-hmm. And Scout heard me, and he goes, Mom, he's in a coma? You have to pray for him. So I said, well, I have mm-hmm. a spot maybe at mile 13. No, you'll only pray for him on race day. You have to pray for him every day. Mm-hmm. So we put him at mile one, and I didn't know what to pray for for this for this man, mm-hmm. Ray. And this story, they have given me permission to tell. But So I prayed for Ray every every morning when I would get up to run, and Scout's like, did you pray for Ray today? Yes. I don't know what to pray. He's in a coma. So I just asked the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to pray for Ray? And uh, this one particular morning, I felt very, I felt like he was praying, uh, saying, pray for him to open up one eye. And I thought, that's ridiculous. That's, I giggled, Mm -hmm. actually. And I was Mm -hmm. like, okay. So I prayed that Ray would open up one eye. And I shared that with Scout. And then that got shared with um, somebody at church who shared it with the woman. Mm -hmm. And she said, I heard that you've been asking for him to open up one eye. And Yes, she sent me a text. He had opened up one eye that day, wow. and he was watching Gunsmoke. He had come <laughs> awake, you know? And so I shared that with Scout, and he was like, wow, like prayer it works. really works, mm-hmm. you know? So that's just a, a story, but that's Gen, Gen Alpha. They they want to see that what is happening at church is happening at home and happening in your life. Mm-hmm. So, And that's something I feel like— what you were talking about with the reading your Bible, I think we've talked about this before with a couple of people, but um, that's something that Jackie Hill Perry has talked about too. Like I get out of physical Bible, yes. she says, because my kids just see me. She's like, I normally read scripture on my iPad or yep. my phone, but my kids see me on my phone and they don't know what that is. Yeah. And so she's like, I've started, like she was convicted to start getting out a physical Bible to yes. like read from. And I think that's something that Especially with the Gen Alpha, they're, like, they're watching that. They're looking mm-hmm. for those um, mm-hmm. examples and those stories because, like you said, they can get the facts from the computer. Yeah. And so yeah. um, it's more of the experience. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we talked a little bit about you're leading a breakout at the yeah. Women's Leadership Forum. I feel like you've kind of given us a little preview. Is there anything else that you want to, like, preview for for women? Or you just, just kind of want to say, I'll do, like, a little... Um, I think this is why I think you should come. Is okay. that what you're going to do? Yeah, okay. This is what I call the generational cheat codes. Oh, there you okay? go. I love it. So I'm not going to tell what each of these are, but um, McCrindle, again, uh, has a great infographic where he has um, put together these these models down below um, of how each generation wants to be led. Hmm. And what, uh, what we've been doing is um, – contextualizing these for for church and so it's fascinating when you look at those yeah. like each model yeah. is different 
Yeah. So yes, we have these different hard wirings and ways that God has made us, but also how we want to be communicated to and and led. So like over here, I'll just give you, I won't spend as much time here. (laughs) This is where you want to come to the conference, but like over here. um, So builders, they are, um, they're like a leader in an army. They want to command. So control and command was kind of how they would give out leadership. Um, we've got boomers over here. They're more like the director or the orchestra. So mm-hmm. play the notes on the page, you know? Yeah. Do it like it's written. <laughs> and then Gen X is w- more like air traffic controllers. So when you start kind of seeing that, and then it just gets real fun over here. And you can, I'll just do a little side note here. So millennials, there, there's an L. You can't really see all of this, but you guys can. There's an L in the middle, which means leader. And then there's different arrows that talk about how the commands and um, directions are coming. So I was so great with millennials. The L was still in the middle. Yeah. But when you get to Gen Z, the L it's gets like kicked out. For those just listening, it's yes. like outside of a triangle of yeah. people. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of probably leaders in the church were like, I'm done at that moment. And they yeah. didn't understand that it wasn't that they weren't being used as leaders. They just didn't know how to lead at that yeah. moment. But that's abrupt. And yes. so at least with Gen Alpha, they're back in, they're back in the little <laughs> in quadrant. The, in so, yeah, if you want to know more about that, that's I think what that's we're going to be talking be, about. That's going to be really helpful for people, like whether you um, lead in your church and you're trying to lead cross-generational or if you have kids at home because yeah. you're leading yes. um, different a different generation than mm-hmm. you or if you have friends or, you know, coworkers. I think of like, I have coworkers and I think most of these yeah. <laughs> generations, not Gen Alpha yeah. yet, we're not employing <laughs> little people, elementary yeah. school kids, but mm-hmm. yes. Um, okay. So we now are at the part of the show that we ask yeah. every week. So what is one thing that has marked you in your walk with Christ? Yeah. I was trying to think. There were several that yes. I'm sure everybody has <laughs> yeah. them. The one, and I, I probably will think, oh, why did you do that one? But this one was what came to my heart when I was thinking about that today. Uh, when I was growing up, we had the opportunity, I think I said that uh, there was a, a church plant that started mm-hmm. in our house. We were a mess of a family. But for some reason, my mom was like, yes, you can have the church plant in our home. And so I just remembered all that would happen. There was a lot that was not good that was like happening behind this. Get the house ready, you know. (laughs) Then they open the door and all the church people come in and we're just perfect, right? Um, But we walked through this this book at the time that was um, the, um, yeah, it was a a, a book. I don't want to, I don't know. It was... um, it was by Rick Warren, and it was talking mm-hmm. about the purpose-driven church. Yes. And so uh, our our church leadership was going through that. And Rick Hieronymus was the deacon that was kind of in charge of our group. And we we're all sitting around as families, and we were going through that book. And I was extremely shy. And I remember we got to a chapter, and he just said—he looked right at me as a sixth mm-hmm. grader. I was a sixth grader at the time. And he said, Amy Jo— what do you think? What has the Lord been telling to you as we've been going through this? And the whole, like, it was like 23 people, but the whole church, mm-hmm. right, looked at me. And I don't remember what I said, but I do remember the Lord saying, you have a part in the church mm-hmm. as a sixth grade girl. Right. And that was 
transformational for me. And I remember thinking about the little parts that I had to serve, and it changed the way that I wanted to serve in the church Mm -hmm. because I knew I was a part of the church. Mm -hmm. And so that has always been important to me. So, yeah, I love that. And it's so cool that he saw that and called that out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I feel like this conversation could go on for oh, a yes. really long time. I, we did not, full disclosure, we did not get to like half of our no, questions. we did not, but that's okay because we do want you to come to forum and you can hear Amy Jo. We also, there's a new girls ministry resource out there yes. too that will help you just talk about like how all of us have the opportunity to invest in the next yes. generation. Mm-hmm. And we think that's really important. So Amy Jo, thank you so much for being here yeah. and being live in person with us. That's yeah, fun that's too. That's so fun. Yeah. All right, thank listeners. You. Thanks again for joining us this week. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to join in on the conversation, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Kelly D. King and at E.D. Heineman. Use the hashtag MarkedPodcast to connect with us. You can also find Lifeway Women on all social media channels at Lifeway Women. All of today's show notes will be posted at LifewayWomen.com slash podcast. If you love the show, leave an iTunes review. It's a great way for other people to hear about the podcast. We'll see you next time.